This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And this is Rita Cosby joining the great John Katsimatidis and a full house here on Cats at Night. And joining us now is Bill O'Reilly, of course, host of Common Sense. You hear him all over the place. You hear him on uh, Sid's show in the morning. You hear him on Before Curtis. And you hear him on Before My Show on WAVC because we love him. He's also a prolific author, 19 million books sold, and his latest book, Killing the Killers, which is awesome. Bill, great to have you here with John and everybody in a full house here, Bill. And you were the lucky one to be at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, it was quite an experience. Got back at three in the morning and uh, learned a lot. Game was great. Uh, some controversy uh, became about the uh, three. And um, there was uh, an action-packed weekend. Yeah, tell us about some of the controversy, Bill, because obviously we were seeing uh, there was something with Carrie Lake. Tell us, because I, was, I saw some of that moment. You describe it. You were there. Yeah, she she didn't stand up during the um, song um, "Lift Every." What is it? Lift every. I should lift every voice. Yep. Lift every voice. Thank you, Rita. Uh, and she didn't stand up. There were three songs: "Lift Every Voice," which some consider the Black National Anthem. Then it was "America the Beautiful." Then it was "Star Spangled Banner." Um, Lift Every Voice came on about 25 minutes before kickoff. And it, there were a lot of people who were distracted at that point. They were walking around the stadium. They were getting stuff to eat. Uh, it took me about three choruses of, uh, of the song to figure out what was going on because I was having a conversation. So I stood up, and I would say about 70% of the people seated in the uh, – stadium at the time did stand. She did not. Now, I didn't see her. Obviously, she was in a, another section of the stadium, but cameras <clears throat> caught her sitting down, and then she said, hey, I don't like this song. It's too woke. We should only have one national anthem, and this is divisive, and I'm not going to stand. So the, she's entitled to her opinion, but immediately the progressives labeled her a racist, as they do you know, routinely to anybody they don't like, and they don't like Carrie Lake. To me, I stood out of respect for the song. It was written in 1900 um, by the head of the NAACP back then, and it's a lovely song. And uh, Cheryl Ralph, who sang it, did a great job. And 70% of the NFL players are black. So out of respect, I stood up. But I didn't think anything about it that the people who didn't stand, it's up to them. But now it's a big race thing, of course. You know, it's interesting, Bill, too. um, This game, this was the first time two African-American quarterbacks played in the Super Bowl, too. So, I mean, it's interesting, the juxtaposition of just how far things have come and, and 
that was beautiful, I thought. Well, believe me when I tell you that nobody was thinking about skin color during that game. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. <laughs> they, were, they were admiring the skill of the two quarterbacks, both of whom uh, played in a tremendous manner. But no, nobody was thinking of that. And then one of the sportscasters, Chris Berman, well, no, he's a good guy. He said, hey, you know, there's two black quarterbacks, and isn't it ironic today is Lincoln's birthday. Now, some people found that offensive. I'm going, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? He's just pointing out that this is going on on the 12th of February. It's Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and there are two black quarterbacks in the game. What's wrong with that? That's what journalists are supposed to do. Oh, no, because this Twitter is just insidious. This thing gives loons, you know, an opportunity to go out and smash and defame anybody they want with no cost to them. And, you know, what it's doing is it's it's making a lot of Americans very fearful of saying anything to people of the opposite color or whatever. And that's what it's doing. It's just, look, there's, we are here to bring America together. There's one national anthem. Otherwise, why don't we have the Irish national anthem? Why don't we have the Greek national anthem, the Italian national anthem? What about the Polish national country. anthem? You want the Polish yeah. national anthem. I mean, but, damn, it's but one God, national but anthem. John, yes, that's true. But on St. Patrick's Day, you want the Irish the Saints go marching in. Yes, and, and you know on uh, the Greek Day, there's a parade in New York. And the Greek national anthem, right? So nobody said, "Hey, this song played 25 minutes before kickoff is representing the United States." It was a song of respect. And that's what we're missing here in, in the United States. Respect for opposing points of view. I agree. I agree. Now, I understand you've been seen. We understand you've been seen Thursday night, I believe, at the uh, Islanders game. What what happened there? So John Ledecky owns the Islanders, and it's his birthday, 65th birthday on Thursday. And he's kind enough to invite me to the game. Uh, and I go to the game, and there's a, a lot of people in the suite, in the suite. And in walks Mayor Adams. Okay, so I, I happened to be eating a, uh, a meatball at the time, <laughs> and I did you swallow? <laughs> he sees me. <clears throat> I chewed fast. Okay, wipe my mouth. And <laughs> unlike, it's interesting. Unlike Giuliani and Bloomberg and Koch, all right, and I've covered all three of them. Adams is more affable. He's more approachable than those three guys. Not to say they were bad guys. Koch could be a bad guy. I mean, he could get really nasty. Uh, Bloomberg and, and Giuliani, they were politicians. But, but Adams is much more uh, approachable. So he sees me, and, and I see him, and then everybody in the box just stops. <laughs> It's me and him. A photographic moment. <laughs> About three feet apart. And I look at him and I go, you know, Mr. Mayor, you made a big mistake sleeping in that migrant shelter. Now everybody's going, oh, man, right? I said, the mistake you made. And he's smiling, but I, he, he doesn't know where I'm going with this. I said, the mistake you made is that you didn't invite me. 
Oh, <laughs> good. In there with you. Every migrant in the city would have split. I would have saved you a billion dollars. <laughs> what did he say, Bill? That's great. He laughed. <laughs> it's a pretty good line I thought right off the top of my head. That's a great line. <laughs> well, Everybody they- laughed. And, you know, that's what I'm about. I do, as you pointed out, Rita, very nicely, I do very heavy commentary. And, I, and I'm very plain spoken. But I'm also not a malicious guy. I mean, at the Super Bowl, I had conversations with Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, Speaker of the House, McCarthy, um, half the NFL owners, including Woody Johnson of the Jets. And I mean, those conversations were cordial, and I learned an enormous amount. In fact, McCarthy is coming on the program, and of course, you hear uh, common sense, as you pointed out, at 9 p.m. He'll be on, I think, next week. Um, and, and so I'm not in the business to run anybody down and disparage anybody, if, even if I disagree with them. You have common sense, Bill O'Reilly. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.